inspirational and instructional. Dr. Joe Schwartz's book, Super Radiant, sold on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, gives a step-by-step approach to finding your bliss through TM. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Dr. Joseph Schwartz. Uh, Thank you for, for listening to my podcast, Mental Resilience Through Meditation. And before I, uh, today I'm going to talk about one of the biggest influences on my psychology career and my motivational career, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, which I'm sure most of you have heard about. But before I get into that, I just want to give a big shout out to Joseph Horowitz and the staff that attended uh, the speech I gave at Summit Place Senior Living in Glassboro, New Jersey last Thursday. Thanks for having me, and thanks for letting me give a great presentation on resilience that I did there last Thursday. So thank you to all of them. And now, um, what I want to do is um, just just talk about um, a man he who had a, a terrifically hard childhood. But Dr. Wayne Dyer, um, he was brought up in orphanage, orphanages, and in Detroit, and he, uh, he really willed himself into educating himself and getting his doctorate in counseling psychology. But um, his, his basic tenet is what I talk about all the time on my podcasts, that you really have to change your thoughts about how you are rolling through this life, okay? And his fam- one of his famous quotes has been and topics is change your thoughts, change your life. As you think, so shall you be. So just briefly, let me get into who Wayne Dyer was and how he ties into who I am. Uh, He he was a popular American self-help author and motivational speaker. Um, His first book, Euronious Zones, in 1976, which I remember reading, sold over 100 million copies. His influencers were thinkers such as Abraham Maslow and Albert Ellis. And it's, it's so incredible how those are exactly the same people that have been big influences on, on my life because in the same breath as Wayne Dyer, I'm, I'm always talking about Albert Ellis. I was a student of Dr. Albert Ellis. I went to his institute in New York City I received a training certificate from him, and um, I I was in contact with all the time with many of the teachers at the Institute in New York City, and basically, rational emotive therapy really formed the cornerstone of my own practice over the last 30 years, and and all the hundreds of people that I was able to help um, with, uh, with dealing with their lives. And um, I, I, as we go on into the, um, the biography here of Dr. Dyer, which I'm going to touch on just briefly, but it's so well, it's so well written uh, that I got this out of Wikipedia, by the way. Um, so he, he was influenced by Maslow. And, I, and, and you know, in my previous podcast, I've referenced Abraham Maslow and his theories of self-actualization and how I've preached this to so many of my patients and so many people that I've met, that you know, your real purpose in life here on earth is really to discover what you're great at. And all of us 
have greatness. And that's one of, um, one of Wayne's quotes is that, you know, you really have to believe you have greatness. Creativity means believing you have greatness. And what that means is if you, if you see yourself as a talk show host, like maybe Oprah or Ellen DeGeneres did, then that's where you're going to go, and that's really the seed that you have to cultivate. If you feel you can be very good at something, then that is really what you have to focus on and achieve in this lifetime. And it's so important, and it doesn't matter who you are or, or, or really your education, but, you know, you know, forming a business, you know, get over that fear. If you feel that, that you can... Uh, you can have an envelope company. I don't know. A anything that you think that you could be great at, you should really go for it. So that's really Maslow. Ellis is more of a, um, a thinker um, in terms of how we process our daily lives. And the philosophy of Rashley Mode of Therapy, which both myself and Wayne Dyer were influenced by, it goes all the way back to Greek philosophy. The, the philosopher Epictetus his famous quote was, men, and women, I suppose, are not troubled by things, but the opinions that they form about them. So, you know, you, know, you, could, you could use a horrific situation where you get fired from work. Now, you can look at that as, gee, I really screwed up, which you might have. And, um, or you could say, well, I've screwed up, but I learned a valuable lesson. Or, you know... Um, I can think of it as, I lost that job, but I gained another one that's better. Okay, so it's, it's are you troubled by that event? You might be, or you, or you might not be. It depends how you think about it. You get yelled at by your parents or by your spouse, or something goes wrong <clears throat> at the job. It's really how you think about these things that are happening to you, not the happening itself. So Abraham Maslow, Albert Ellis, those are the two big influences on Dyer's life. And which is why I really see my goal here in the rest of the time I have here, and we don't have 300 years, by the way, is to carry that torch of, of what Wayne Dyer was preaching. It's such a wonderful message and such a helpful message uh, to be assertive and motivated and, and become self-actualized. And, and like Dr. Dyer, um, there's a very spiritual component to what I'm trying to say in these podcasts and to have people do. And as a matter of fact, that's part of my three-part prescription. Talk to someone, okay, and it could be cognitive behavior therapy or rational emotive therapy. Exercise and practice TM. And TM is the spiritual side. The TM will change your consciousness. TM will, transcendental meditation will help you reduce stress. And by the 1990s, like myself, the focus of Dyer's work shifted to spirituality because he had a lot of success at, at that point. He was inspired by teachers such as Swami Muktananda and New Thought, and he promoted themes such as the power of intention. Uh, he even worked with Deepak Chopra on a number of things. So um, many of the same influences that he had, I had as, as well. 
And when we talk about it, we we talk about how um, erroneous Jones became such a huge success because it really brought home the idea of having control in your life and changing the way you're thinking and understanding that inside of you, you have these erroneous zones that hold you back, okay? Um, uh, a little bit more about Wayne Dyer. He, his, his self-made man success story was part of his appeal. Dyer told readers, and I'm reading from Wikipedia, Dyer told readers to pursue self-actualization, calling reliance on self a guide to, quote, religious experience, and suggested that readers emulate Jesus Christ, whom he termed both an example of a self-actualized person and preacher of self-reliance. He didn't really see that the focus on guilt was very healthy, um, you know, or looking feeling bad about the actions that you take in the past. Um, he, he encouraged people to look inside of them and, and really, really be more self-reliant. And that way you could become self-actualized. And I completely agree. Um, in, in terms of his spiritual influences, there was a gentleman called Nisgardada Maharaj, and uh, who told who told us all that love says I am everything, wisdom says I'm nothing. Um, he had influences of non-dual philosophy um, and the teachings of Swami Muktananda. Okay, and um, he he. He became more spiritual. He wrote books called Wishes Fulfilled, Mastering the Art of Manifestation. He, he cited works of Lao Tzu, another, uh, the Chinese philosopher, and Francis of Assisi, St. Francis. So um, he, he really he put together a program which he preached to others and spoke as mo uh, on, in his books on on shows that you 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 know your your path in life is really up to you. It doesn't depend on what other people think about you. It really depends on what you decide to do, and focusing on your own purpose. So he'd say things like, "Do something you have never done before. Make a point to talk to a stranger today. Stop defending things you've always uh, uh, as they've always been." Okay, and um. Here, here's an, an interesting piece about his life, which I think I really do need to share. Um, psychologist Albert Ellis, who I just mentioned, very famous uh, cognitive behavior therapist, who I studied under in New York City in the course of my own career, he criticized Wayne Dyer's book, his first book, Euronious Zones. And he, he, he flat out called it plagiarism. He said that everything in the book was basically based on Ellis's rational emotive therapy, which I studied as well. And um, he, he said that he knew that Dyer had gone to an RET workshop. Uh, he, uh, he knew RET very well. 
Uh, Ellis said that 300 or more people have told me your book is clearly derived from rational emotive therapy. But Dyer never apologized. I mean, he did cite Ellis very briefly um, uh, in Chapter 7 of his book. Um, but he, he seemed to claim that erroneous owns was derived from three years of audio tapes of his lectures that he gave at St. John's University. So um, it, it's kind of been a back and forth thing. Albert Ellis never sued Wayne Dyer. Um, that just wasn't his thing. And he actually called erroneous zones a very good book because it outlined all the principles of rationally emotive therapy so very well. So this is really my, my lineage of what I, what I believe I myself as a psychologist would like to continue the work of Albert Ellis, the work of Dyer, the work of Abraham Maslow, and, and, and adding to that a, 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 a piece where you can meditate and learn how to meditate. And when you combine those two with exercise, you're really going to have a wonderful life. You're really going to be a lot happier. Um, so one, one, more, one more credo that Wayne... Wayne Dyer uh, pursued, which I'd like to talk about. He said, he said that my beliefs are that the truth is the truth until you organize it, and then it becomes a lie. I don't think that Jesus was teaching Christianity. Jesus was teaching kindness, love, concern, and peace. That's what I tell people is don't become a Christian, be Christ-like. Don't become a Buddhist be Buddha-like. So I think what he was saying is, you know, organized religion is just what it is. It's organized religion, and behind it is wonderful philosophy um, that we all could benefit from. So the teachings are obviously more important than the labels, okay, uh, or what we call a religion. It's what's be behind the religion, and the masters who practice the religion, you know, uh, do you, do you, you know, is Judaism so important, or is it uh, it better to become, you know, Moses-like, okay, or ten Ten Commandments-like, rather than just say, oh, geez, oh, geez, I'm I'm Jewish, I'm this and that, but what's behind that, okay? So it's the teachings that you have to that have to show up in in your own in your own life. Okay, the, you know, the ethics of Judaism, for example, right and wrong. Okay, so um, I'd like to go into now just some more um, talk about um, famous quotes that Dr. Dyer had, and um, then I'll kind of sum up with um, one, uh, a video that I just saw um, about him, which kind of sums up a lot of things. So... So the first thing um, I want to talk about is um, his, 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 the, the idea of being self-fulfilled and clearing the mind of guilt and worry. You know, that can really be established through spirituality and by extension by meditating. Once you start meditating, you're really going to be um, opening up your mind, Okay. Um, and one of the most, you know, one famous quote was, of course, um, creativity, cr 
creativity means believing. You have greatness. I mean, I mean, if nobody, do you think people have to walk up to you and tell you you're great? Well, it, 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 to some people, they need that. But if you believe that what you have inside of you is great, you can just run with it and go with it, okay? And I think that's so important for people to understand that. that we, we don't have 300 years here. Okay, and if you're waiting for people to come up and give you a pat on the back and tell you you're wonderful, you may be waiting a long time. So the time is now, really. Another very nice quote that I liked about Wayne Dyer, which I believe in, is, here's a good one. He said, I believe if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at um, will change, Okay. You change the way to look at things, the things you look at change. So, I, I mean, if, 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 if you start to see the world as a friendly place rather than a hostile place, you'd be surprised how things can change for you and become so much easier for you. And unfortunately, in today's world, with all the, the problems that we're seeing, where does it really, where does it begin? It, it begins with people. And... Um, and how people look at things. And, uh, you know, if you look at the world through paranoid eyes or envious eyes or hateful eyes, all you're going to see is people that are just as envious and hateful as you. And that's, you know, kind of a very cynical way of looking at things. But if you change that and say, you know, we all can cooperate, we all can live in harmony and peace, that's, I think, is what will show up. Okay, and that and the follow up to that is uh, having a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing. Okay, he said having a mind that is open to everything and attached to nothing seems to me to be one of the most basic principles that you can adapt or, or to contribute to individual and world peace. Well, um, are the Russians and Ukrainians open to anything? So the Arabs. And Israelis open to anything? Well, at the moment, probably not. That doesn't mean it, it can't change. I mean, uh, last night I watched a documentary on the situation in Israel with the Palestinians. And there was a period of time in the 1990s when um, all these peace agreements with Yasser Arafat and the Israelis were being signed. And then it morphed into something just awful. Uh, I, I, the, the radical elements, the extreme elements, both in Israel and with the Palestinians, really gained more power. And how do they look at the world? Well, they look at the world with extreme suspicion and hatred, and they're certainly not open to everything. And uh, then we have these attacks, then that just creates a whole cycle of violence. So... But, but things can change. That's the one, one uh, basic tenet of all existence is things can change. And just as easy as, as there can be violence and hatred, there can just as easily be uh, rational thinking and a desire for peace. But you, 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 you have to just be open to the idea that it could happen, okay? Uh, another nice quote that I liked, uh, 
that he he used to say is, when you stay on purpose and refuse to be discovered by fear, you align with the infinite self, which is in which all possibilities exist. And this is very much a part of, if you ever decide to learn transcendental meditation, is, is we call that transcendental state that you, you go to when you meditate as the field of all possibilities. And every day, morning and evening, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the, in the evening, if you discipline yourself to meditate and relieve your stress, you, you go to that place where all possibilities exist. And then the more you do it, a, a curious thing happens. Your waking life starts to bring you things that you were thinking about. And, and when you act on things in, in waking existence, they, they start to materialize for you. So you start to see, wow, you know, in, in waking uh, existence, in my daily routine, there, all the possibilities exist there too. And that's because I've contacted the field where all possibilities arise from, uh, which is that cosmic source when you meditate. Okay? So if you draw on that area where all possibilities exist, you're, you're kind of bathing yourself in, in that ability to make all those possibilities materialize when you wake up or when you're not meditating. Another quote I liked was, consider that all human beings have within, within them the same essence of consciousness and that the process of creativity and genius are attributes of human consciousness. Therefore, genius is a potential that lives within you and in every other human being. And understanding what I've just said, that that isness or that that creativity or that that cosmic awareness um, is is part of everyone. It doesn't matter if you're black or white or Asian or um, you live in the Middle East or in uh, Russia. Okay, we're all the human family. Human beings, that humanity is, has w w within itself a consciousness that we all share, okay? And all you have to do is, is just understand that we're all part of humanity and, and that consciousness, there are just different expressions of it. And that's what happens when you start to gain consciousness, when you start to see the world as the really, really big picture, you, you start to look at these petty disputes and greed and, you know, evil as just um, a group of people thinking erroneously, if I can use his word. They're not thinking in a very spiritual right way. You're not thinking, you're thinking more of just you and not everyone. Okay? And you can think about you and everyone and it could be a win-win. Or it could be, I'm going to dominate you. You lose and I win. So that's kind of the, the loser philosophy, okay? And uh, unfortunately, there are actors on the world stage who are like that. And hopefully, if enough people meditate, which I, I hope and pray they do, that can all change. Another quote that I liked um, is this, um, any and all thoughts that you have regarding your own skills, interests, and inclinations are valid. Uh, 
And it's, it's what I said before, that Maslow believed, Abraham Maslow, famous American psychologist, believed that it's so important for us to become self-actualized. But where do you understand, how do you see yourself actualizing, actualizing into what? Okay, well, it has to come from thought. Um, it has to come from your feelings about your skills, your interests, and inclinations. You know, you, you might be a teenager and, and watch a cooking show and say, gee, I'd love to cook. I want to be in that kitchen creating masterpieces. Well, the next thing you know, you, you've got a scholarship to Italy or France, and, or, you know, you, you go to the Sorbonne, or you go to some famous cooking school, and there you go. But that, has to, that seed has to be recognized. You have to see that within yourself and go with it. So thoughts are just not random in your mind, whoever you are. They're there for a purpose, and you can fulfill that purpose once you see it. Another a nice quote that I like is, we have only to move beyond the barriers we have created to a blissful and empowering view of reality. So, so to move beyond the barriers we've created, the best way to do that, and I've said this so many times, is to meditate. If you have problems, well, those can be solved. And you get yourself some therapy help, those can be solved. If you're feeling sluggish or you feel overweight and you need other energy, you could exercise. But to really see the big picture and get the bliss that, you're, that you can have in this lifetime is you've got to try something different to remove the barriers of this consciousness, this waking consciousness, and discover that there's other forms of consciousness. There's something called transcendental consciousness, which you can go to when you meditate with TM. You go to it temporarily, 20 minutes a day, twice a day, and then you come out of it. You go to it again the next day. So that process of going in and out of transcendental consciousness, a curious thing starts to happen. All the good stuff, the blissful feelings, the happiness that you feel, when you're experiencing transcendental consciousness, that is moving beyond the barriers we've created, you can start to bring out into waking consciousness every day and feel that wonderful feeling of happiness and bliss. Another quote that I liked was, uh, things don't really matter, but I always act as if they do. Okay? Um, so, so act, act the part that you want to be, okay? It doesn't really matter um, if I'm not there of where I want to be. Let's say you want to be a famous author. Well, you have to start writing, and then you have to start acting like you are an authority or a famous author. You know, um, fake it till you make it. Do the thing and you have the power is another expression that I've come up with that I like. But act as if they do matter, okay? And um, understand that things do matter in this brief um, time that you have on Earth. And um, another thing that he, he started to get into in terms of spirituality was, was to encourage people to die while they were alive. Now, that sounds pretty bizarre, 
It certainly doesn't mean that you commit suicide. But I think what Dyer was saying is, is that you have to understand that there's a, that there's a beginning and, and middle and end to your lifetime. And that you don't go on forever. Okay? And to understand your death or see it in some way, that's like a wake-up call for you to say, well, before I die, why don't I do all these things that I like to do or a bucket list or something I can achieve and probably more importantly, what I can do for myself and other people. So uh, another quote is, be immersed in and surrounded by peace. Your highest self only wants you to be at peace. It does not judge, compare, or demand that you be that you you have to defeat anyone or be better than anyone. It, it, it's kind of interesting that you know, and I love sports. That you know, we we have teams that win championships, which is pretty incredible, considering, uh, especially on the professional level, where there are so many teams that are great and have great players. But in our society, um, it's not just enough for you to win one championship. You've got to win two and maybe have a three-peat or a four-peat. So it's always more and more and more. Um, so there's a lot of demand there and judgment and comparison. And um, that, that's okay. But uh, when taken to the extremes, it probably is not going to bring you to a very peaceful place. Okay, and it probably will create a lot of stress for you to just, um, uh, you know, to accomplish more and more and more. And accomplishing things is important, but it should be important for yourself, not because other people say, well, that accomplishment is great, but it, it can be greater. Okay, um, more and more and more and more. And if you're in the disease of more, which a lot of people in, in our society are, then um, you're always wanting a bigger house or another house or a bigger boat or more clothing. And um, it, it's interesting, you know, 80% of the... Uh, one thing, I was listening to one tape that Wayne made, and in the tape he said, you know, you have to follow the 80-20 rule. And what's that? 80% of the time, for example... We, we wear 20% of our wardrobe. 80% of the time, when you get up in the morning, or you either go to work or you go out, you're really just wearing the same clothes over and over again. You know, it's just maybe two out of uh, the five pairs of pants or shirts, okay? You just keep wearing them over because you like them, right? You don't really need all of them. I mean, you could really, if you really wanted to, you just wear the ones that you like. So um, you have to understand, is more and more better or is less is more? Okay, so, so that's another point that I think Dyer came to once he had all this success. He started to really examine it. Okay, and, and being at peace was a lot more fulfilling. I, I believe that you can be both. I think that you, if you learn to meditate enough and you meditate enough, you can find that peace on a daily basis. And you can also strive for success, okay, and improve yourself. You don't have to um, really put pressure on yourself. Being at peace 
in my opinion, should always be a lot more important. But you could do both. Uh, another quote, the next time you're contemplating a decision in which you are debating whether or not to take charge of yourself to make your own choice, ask yourself an important question. How long am I going to be dead? Which is what I just talked about. With, and with that eternal perspective, you can now make your own choice and have the worrying, the fears, the questions of whether you can afford it or the guilt to those who are going to be or, uh, and, and the guilt to those who are going to be alive forever. Okay, so what, he, what he's saying is not to be an epicure, not to just buy everything, okay? But just understand you have to have an inter, eternal perspective. How long am I going to be dead? I'm going to be dead forever. I'm only going to be, uh, you know, and what's, the, op what's the, op the inverse of that is I'm only going to be alive for a certain amount of time. And over and over again, I've, in counseling people, I've said this. When, when people um, have sessions with me and they say, well, my spouse, I, I, I get so annoyed because he leaves the milk out. Or, you know, she's kind of sloppy in the bathroom. Or um, he burnt the toast. And this, believe it or not, this is what people have big arguments about because it happens repeatedly. Now... You could say to yourself, in terms of eternity, how big a deal is that? I mean, when I'm six feet under, you know, I'm not going to, who's going to, you know, whether he, whether he or she burnt the toast isn't going to matter. It, it'll be annoying. And, um, you know, petty things really have to be put into the big picture, the big perspective. And... You know, what are the important things? The important things are love, are contributing to society and making yourself a success in earning a good income. And it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, and if you want nice things and you've earned them, then enjoy them. Don't feel guilty about it. So um, those are some of the quotes that I absolutely liked about Wayne. And I, I want to go into a little bit more about his last tape. And um, the last tape that I, I listened to was a videotape. And this was a point in, in Wayne's life where he was really becoming more spiritual. And this was after he started to experience that tremendous success, which I alluded to. Um, and and, and he, he came to a point in his life where he was having a lot of number one best-selling books and lectures and everything was going great. And he, he said that after you live this life of success, that is meeting what, it, what most of us in terms of external standards feel are important, um, there's a lot of emptiness. There really is a lot of emptiness that when, when you have all that money and, it, you know, kind of a, I guess it's a postpartum thing. I mean, women could re relate to that after they go through the whole anticipation of pregnancy. And then the baby comes and that's it. But, you know, um, you, 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 start to, you start to see that it's important to have um, spirituality, some God sense in your life. 
to start seeing the big picture. And um, even though material success is, is important for us to survive, it isn't everything. And having more and more and more of that is, is, is good and bad because um, the, 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 more, the, the more properties you own, I don't know, or the more things that you have, you just have to take care of more things. Okay, um, so he, he started to really, in his, in his tapes and his, le his lectures and his talks, start saying that focus on becoming successful. Become your best. When you do that, you will be materially re rewarded for sure. But after that, don't forget the big picture and stay connected to your spirituality. So, um, so the question is, it's not that you're a human being who once in a while has a spiritual experience. Understand that from the day you are born to the day you die, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. And this human experience is really important. It's a big deal. And it's your opportunity to take advantage of okay and what is and how do you take advantage of that well in my philosophy the purpose is to serve others and to and to help yourself and make it a win-win um he he in this particular tape he expanded more on how we have to view our life i mean you can't if, if you're in the process of succeeding at something and it's not happening tomorrow, well, maybe your life and this desire that you have is unfolding as it should. And we should surrender to that process. Okay? And if you push it, you may create a lot more stress for yourself. Another thing that he talked about a lot was consciousness. And he believed as consciousness expands, you start to see each moment as exquisite, okay? And, and each moment is an, just an exquisite experience. And I can tell you that after all these years of meditating, you, you do start to ar arrive at that. And for example, it's a beautiful fall day today. The sun is shining. The leaves are falling. And it's just really exquisite. And... Um, when I wake up in the morning, I'm grateful for the, for the life I've created and for all the, um, the problems I solved, okay? And the more I meditate, without even trying, um, I could be happy, happy for no reason. So um, I hope you enjoyed this talk today on Wayne Dyer because he really is a big integral part of what I'm trying to put across here um, on my podcast, Mental uh, Resilience Through Meditation. See you next time. Super Radiant by Dr. Joe Schwartz, sold on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, opens the works of TM as a path to daily relaxation and stress relief.